When I was small, we used to sing in Sunday school. Since the Lord saved me, I'm as happy as can be. My cup's full and running over. Looking back, I think those were carefree and innocent days. And I was as happy as can be most of the time. But we all know that we have to grow up. And part of that growing process is to come face to face with the brokenness of this world and the consequences of its fallenness. In these days, as we confront a global pandemic, we see before us clearly portrayed the terrible reality of how sin separates. We have been forced to separate ourselves, to place distance between ourselves as God's people and for a prolonged season, to no longer meet together, to experience the unique blessing which is found in the fellowship of the Church of Jesus Christ gathering to worship. The fall of humankind that unleashed sin, sickness and death into the world is revealing again to God's children that they are not home yet. I've just started rereading John Bunyan's classic book, Pilgrim's Progress. And with, with Christian, I've journeyed to the hill called Difficulty. We all understand that there are many difficult hills to climb in our journey home. We can say, through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. And I hope it is true that you can testify with me. Tis grace have brought me safe thus far. And grace will lead me home. Psalm 121 is called a, a song of ascent. It's, it's one of those songs that pilgrim believers would have sung together as they made their way up the hill to Mount Zion and to the city of Jerusalem to worship before God. And in it, we read there that there's a catalogue of calamities that might befall the traveller. The one who is journeying along the twisting road to worship, the temple, or simply the twisting road of life. Now in our modern world, people have become complacent. Most of us assuming that the dangers in travel, that, that, that they're very far away from us. You, you think that if you buy a ticket to fly to New Zealand, you presume you'll jump on a plane and you'll reach the other side of the globe with, without a hitch or a hiccup. But centuries ago, nearly every journey threatened its dangers. The Apostle Paul's list of his own trials recorded for us in 2 Corinthians 11 contains the following. Note verses 25 and 26. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. There was a, a constant threat to his well-being. But all of this led to Paul finding a place where his reliance rested upon the all-sufficient grace of God alone. 
Psalm 121 warns us that as you walk through this world, any one of us can lose their footing and so stumble and fall. You can become drained physically and or emotionally as the sun or moon wield their influence. Evil can strike anywhere at any time with any weapon. We've seen over recent years that ordinary things, a van, a, a kitchen knife, can cause carnage on our unsuspecting streets. And now in recent weeks we've come to realise that an unseen enemy can strike us down and even the most radical interventions we have ever experienced can only hope to slow down its progress. It's a good thing that bad things never happen to Christians. Oh, but they do. Don't we know that? And it's almost a rule that the greater the goodliness and godliness of the believer, the more certain the trials will come sweeping into their lives. We live in a fallen world. We need something or someone to keep us from falling. The psalmist makes it clear to us that he is aware of his need for help, which should make us aware of our need for help. So where does he direct us to find this much-needed help? The writer lifts his eyes to the hills, and there he sees what are called in the Bible the high places, the sites that were chosen for the worship of pagan gods, for the pursuit of the favour of Baal, who, as we discover in 1 Kings 18 and through Elijah's taunting of his priests, that he, unlike the true and living God, likes to take long naps. Is Baal to be the source of this much-needed help? No, the psalmist must lift his eyes higher and look beyond creation to the Creator. He and we must look up. As the little saying goes, when the outlook is bleak, try the uplook. It's an old story told of a boy who one day found a gold coin on the street. And from that day on, he kept his eyes on the ground as he walked, hoping to find more coins. During a long lifetime, he found many coins. But meanwhile, he never saw the beauty of the flowers and the trees everywhere around him. He never saw the hills, the mountains, the picturesque landscapes. He never saw the blue sky or the towering clouds. To him, this world meant only a dusty road, dreary and mundane. Nothing more than a place in which to look for coin. If you want hope, if you seek help, look up, look up. Corrie ten Boom once said, look around and be distressed. Look inside and be depressed. Look at Jesus and be at rest. The message of the psalm is this, that even when you stumble, even when the sun beats you down, even when evil strikes, even when death rushes uninvited into your life, 
Not one of these has the power to separate you from the love of God and his good purposes for your life. Verses 3 and 4 of this psalm provide the confidence to know that, that we can lie down and sleep in safety. We can do so knowing that the Lord our God is ever awake and always watching over us. You may hear people speak of finding comfort as they contemplate that the Lord has dispatched angels to watch over their lives. But here, here in verse 5, we discover that God does not outsource his care. It is Yahweh, the Lord, the covenant-making and keeping God who stands at your right hand and, and not some underling. The protection on offer is personal. It is passionate from a heart of love and it is perpetual. Our safe-keeping God does not take time off. He doesn't slumber or sleep. He watches over our beginnings and our endings, our going out and our coming in, now and forever. And his promise is that in all of this, he is working for your good and his glory. There's an old German hymn translated into English that was in our revised hymn of the old blue hymn books. Some of you all remember those. And it was written initially from one friend to another who was at that time facing a very serious life-threatening illness. And the words of the first and last verses say this. Whate'er my God ordains is right. His ho holy, his will abideth. I will be still whate'er he doth and follow where he guideth. He is my God, though dark my road. He holds me that I shall not fall. Wherefore, to him I leave it all. Whate'er my God ordains is right. Here shall my stand be taken. Though sorrow, need, or death be mine, yet I am not forsaken. My Father's care is round me there. He holds me that I shall not fall, and so to him I leave it all. The sentiments expressed in this hymn are not a vain hope. This is not a clutching at straws. The reason this unshakable assurance can be ours is because we Know that once in history, this protecting, this keeping God stayed his helping hand. 2,000 years ago at Calvary, he withdrew his care. In one moment, in all of eternity, he ceased his powerful and preserving presence. Taking it from his sinless son, so that abandoned. He, Jesus, might die and bear the wrath of God upon the sin of all the people of all the ages. In this we rejoice. In this we find hope. In our darkest and most difficult days we have confidence. 
we can say with the hymn writer, And when I think of God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in, that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Saviour God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. It's my prayer that that's a song that you can sing with truth, with meaning and with joy because you know that Jesus has died for you. And because God has taken his care from him, you know he'll never take it from you. Because he's been separated from his Father, you know that there is nothing on earth or in heaven that can ever separate you from his love. May that confidence, that consolation be yours through these difficult days. And may we know that God is with us. He has not forsaken us. And let's pray that soon we'll be back together, all of us enjoying worship in church, his people, rejoicing in his Saviour praising him for his unfailing love to us.